it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. One hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball will go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Of course, the Lakers continuing their road trip. They are on a four-game road trip. 0 for 2 to start. Not exactly the way we uh, planned it. Lost uh, against the Orlando Magic over the weekend. Lost yesterday to the Miami Heat. They still got the Rockets coming up uh, tomorrow. And then Friday, they'll close out the uh, road trip against the Phoenix Suns. That will be game number one of the in-season tournament. I'm not going to try to explain the in-season tournament. We'll just let this thing happen, and, and we'll react as it uh, as it goes and uh, see if there's any any good that comes out of it. Um, we got a lot to get into tonight. Lakers off to a 3-4 and four start. We're two weeks into the season, and it's looked eh, very, very average. Um, not really much. It, it's actually not the start that I was thinking. I really didn't think the Lakers would start off this slow. Maybe there's some reasons for it. Maybe there's some excuses for it. Um, I know people aren't crazy about hearing excuses, but I, I make my case of why the Lakers, I think, are sitting at 3-4. and four. And then also they just haven't played good basketball. Um, talk a little bit about that depth that we, we kept spending so much time about um, in the offseason and just seeing how some of these guys are doing, what guys you feel like you can rely on, what guys you feel like you can't rely on. Uh, little injury report to have an idea what we got coming up just for tomorrow's game because there's already some big time names that are either out or uh, probable or questionable. I think is the the proper way to put it. And I want to spend some time talking about Braun and uh, and part of his usage. Uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join us in about a half hour or so. Um, I do want to get started on just the, the 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 way the Lakers have begun the year. So three and four on the season. And if you look at every one of their games so far, yeah, it's interesting. You lose at Denver, all right, not that big of a deal. It's the Denver Nuggets. That That's probably the best team in the NBA. Um, if they're not the best team, the, the odds of them making the NBA Finals again is really, really strong. And we'll see what eventually happens to the Denver Nuggets. But that's not a loss that you say, you know what, that's a, that's a really bad loss. No, it's the Denver Nuggets opening night, no big deal. You got three wins so far this year. One's by five points against a Phoenix Suns team that didn't have Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. Another one is against the Orlando Magic at home, which everyone's expecting you to beat the Orlando Magic at home. And then the other one was the overtime win against the Clippers where you were down 19 and then you were up nine, gave up that nine-point lead, got to overtime, and um, yeah, I think luckily for the Lakers, they figured out a way to pull out that game and give them credit. I thought the win against the Clippers was actually uh, it's the best win of the season so far. No blowouts, no games where you're sitting there in the fourth quarter and you're like, ah, you can sit back and relax. Come on, Laker fans, don't stress about this. Fourth quarter, kick back and enjoy the game. Lakers haven't had a game like that yet this year. They've played four road games so far. They're 0-4 on the road. The losses, Denver, Sacramento, Orlando, and Miami. Uh, obviously, the last two come in. Listen, there have been some close ones. They lost the one against the Kings in OT. Miami yesterday was a one-point game. Lakers had their chances. What was it? Five straight. I think the final two and a half minutes, nobody scored. Lakers were down 10 and went on a 10-1 to run. 
got it all the way to within one, and then decided they're going to start jacking up threes. I didn't really understand what they were doing towards the end of the game yesterday, but they took four threes and five possessions. I know LeBron got an offensive foul on another possession, and then the final play of the game, we know that there's a – LeBron making a play. I'll get into that that final play a little bit later. LeBron making a play. Cam Reddish wide open for a three. He misses it. I'm sure the Miami Heat were thrilled to see Cam Reddish taking a three at the end of that game. Um, But there has not been a point yet this year where you really felt good about what the Lakers are doing. I'll go back to it. I'm going to give them credit in that game against the Clippers, especially when you're down 19 and you find a way to come back. Um, But I, I think... Part of the the tough part watching the Lakers play right now is LeBron and Anthony Davis have actually been really productive. I know AD's got the situation going on, and and, and we'll see what happens for tomorrow. Um, But he's averaging, and this is counting yesterday's game where he only had nine points and only played 24 minutes and really was a non-factor the entire second half. He's averaging 24 points, got 12 rebounds. He's been phenomenal on defense. We know all the accolades that people have been talking about, what he's been doing defensively. He's had games where he's got four blocks, three blocks, seven blocks he had against the Orlando Magic. I think Bovado, one of those, um, uh, one of the sports betting, had made him the highest odds to win the defense, defensive player of the year award. That was before yesterday's game. Um, AD's been, he's been fantastic. AD's basically had one bad half. And I can't count yesterday's game because he wasn't healthy. He was coming in and out of the lineup. So I don't think that's fair to, you know, obviously count last night's game. He's had one bad half. That half was against the Denver Nuggets. Okay, well, how's your other star doing? Is LeBron James struggling or is he playing well? Yeah, LeBron seems to be okay in his 21st year in the NBA. It's a whole different conversation of how sustainable this is. But 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists shooting 56% from the field. And, oh, by the way, when it comes to minutes, still playing 36 minutes a night through the first seven games. I know that's not ideal. Um, There have been some some, uh, opportunities where, not many of them, where you thought, okay, hey, should we just pull the plug in this game? I thought the game against Orlando, Lakers start the fourth quarter down 21. I think a couple minutes into the fourth, it just doesn't seem like anything's happening. All right, let's pull LeBron. Darvin Ham doesn't. I think with five minutes left is when he eventually pulls him. So not only do you end up losing the game by 19, you get a blowout loss, but you also didn't get an opportunity to rest Braun. I didn't really understand that one. But Braun and Anthony Davis are both putting up um, great numbers. They're both doing their job. And with all of that, with those two delivering the way they are, three and four, especially with those two guys playing well, uh, but the Lakers are still struggling, that's a little bit of a head-scratcher for me. Nothing's looked easy in these first couple of weeks. Um, there is definitely, definitely a little bit of the the gears grinding, and I just didn't expect this kind of start. I didn't. And if there's some Laker fans out there that you know have their own opinion of why the Lakers are off to the start they are, and I'm not... I want to make sure that I'm not, hey, everybody start panicking because we're seven games in with, what, 75 games left to go. No, that's that's not the purpose of the conversation. But it is a little surprising that they got off to this type of a start. I think the hype, I thought the, the offseason that they had and the hype for the offseason that they had was real. 
Um, but to be sitting here right now just kind of, eh, like I said, it's very average. There's nothing special that you've seen so far with the Lakers this year. Now, there are a couple of reasons why the Lakers are sitting where they are. And, and you know, I, I don't know if this is an excuse, but I, I think it's fair to obviously point out. Are the Lakers struggling just simply because of these injuries? If depth was what was supposed to be what separated the Lakers from a lot of other teams in the Western Conference, if that was what was going to be their strength, well, look at the first seven games of the year so far. That certainly has not been it. Let me use last night as an example. Anthony Davis goes down, so he can't come back in. Leaves final 14 minutes. D'Angelo Russell thought it was a good idea to grab a, a couple technicals, even though I thought it was kind of ridiculous to give him a couple of technicals for, for that argument, but gets a couple of technicals, so he's out of the game. Lakers literally were using six guys. That's all they had. They were using six guys. It was basically, did you want Cam Reddish in or did you want Max Christie and all the other guys got to stay? So the depth that we were talking about, the Lakers certainly have not had that uh, so far this year, and it, you know, you kind of pick and choose which of the players. Gabe Vincent has missed time. Rui Hachimura has missed time. Torian Prince has missed time. Jackson Hayes has missed time. Jared Vanderbilt has yet to play so far in the regular season, only played one preseason game. That's a lot of guys. And then to add to that, you got obviously the Anthony Davis, um, his situation from yesterday's game. That's a lot of players that are supposed to be important pieces that are coming off the bench for you that have not been a part of the mix. Is it just as simple as that, that the Lakers haven't had everybody? Um, And and I don't know. We're talking about it this morning. It's going to take time to figure out, okay, hey, what are the flaws of this Lakers team? It's going to take time to figure out what role players are working, what role players aren't working. It's going to take time to see just how good the Lakers are, even if everyone was available and everyone was healthy. Right? It takes, what, 20 games to kind of have an idea? Okay, hey, I like this. All right, They need to improve a little bit in this area. And, oh, my gosh, what are they doing on the defense? Whatever the case is, it's nice to have everybody available so you can figure that out. Well, what happens if night in, night out, you're not 100% sure who's going to be in the lineup, who's not going to be in the lineup? So that makes it obviously that much more difficult for Darvin Ham, and it makes it that much more difficult for even us to just watch the Lakers and say, are, are they off to a 3-4 and four start just simply because the, the names that I mentioned that are out or have been in and out of the lineup, is it just that or is there something else? Um, the fact that Bron and AD have played well, that part is more concerning to me because they're playing good basketball. They're doing everything that they can do. And then on top of that, obviously, um, you're still losing games. You're 0-4 on this, uh, 0-2 on this road trip, but 0-4 on the road. I think that's an interesting stat as well. So Lakers still got, you know, obviously a lot of time to figure some stuff out, but all we can do is assess the first couple of weeks, and the first couple of weeks is definitely not what I thought we'd be talking about uh, in regards to the Lakers, at least this early on. I did think they would get off to a good start. I know they had some tough matchups. I know there were some close games but it hasn't looked all that uh, all that good in the process. Um, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush in your neighborhood Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations 
and game-winning coupons. They're always taking care of our 710 ESPN listeners. A uh, few things I want to do when we get back. I want to talk about some of these, some of the role players for the Lakers. Uh, there is an update on some of the players that I just mentioned. We got uh, that status report on a few of these Laker players. So at least who's going to be available tomorrow, who's questionable and everything else. We'll spend a little time on that. And then Anthony Davis. You know, obviously AD is always a conversation. AD is always going to be a huge topic. His health is always going to be a huge topic. Just seven games in, and, you know, two of the main topics have been LeBron's usage, the amount of minutes that the Lakers have to play him, and then Anthony Davis not being able to uh, to close out the game yesterday, missing the final four, 14 minutes. So obviously that wasn't ideal at all. We'll do all that coming up next. Uh, if you're out driving around, you want to be a part of Lakers Talk, you got any questions, you got any comments, you got any thoughts, feel free to call in 877-710-ESPN. Of course, if you're on the app as well, you can feel free to do so as well. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Great stuff from Mario Ruiz, as always. Um, You know, it's interesting listening to that, listening to the call, obviously watching the game last night. There's always a conversation at the end of the game. Lakers down one. Get the ball in LeBron's hands and let him do his thing. Whatever LeBron James decides to do, usually it's the right decision. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but usually it's the right decision. But there's also criticism that just always comes in that situation, that position. Let me give you an example. So um, I don't think the Lakers lost the game in that final possession. They had four possessions before that where they had a chance to take the lead. And the Lakers were doing something that's one of the most frustrating things when you're down one, but you're taking threes. I get it that it, even if that, that three-pointer is open, um, you don't need a three. Make your life easier. See if you get to the free throw line. Take a couple dribbles in. I think Reeves took took a couple of threes, and I wasn't a fan of that, especially uh, with the way Reeves was playing yesterday, Try to get to the basket. But you get to that final possession, and LeBron's got the ball in his hands. And he makes a move to where he's just inside the half-court line. And it's like, all right, clock's ticking, down one. Try to go early because at least if you get a miss, maybe you get an opportunity to foul or maybe you get an offensive rebound, whatever it is. And Bron starts making his move. I already know what every Laker fan was going to say. If Bron pulls back and takes a 22-23 footer, kind of goes to his left like he does, every Laker fan is going to say, why are you taking a three? Why are you settling for a three? Why don't you drive the ball to the basket? 
Last night, Braun drives to the basket and starts getting to the hoop. He's already got an elite defender in Jimmy Butler on him. And then because he's going to the hoop, you got Bam Adebayo coming over and saying, cool, well, I'm going to make sure I'm leaving my guy, and I'm just going to help. By the way, Anthony Davis is on the floor, so it's not like Braun's going to throw it to uh, AD or anything along those lines. So now you got Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, well, Braun should take that shot. The only thing I would say is this. If, if Braun, instead of getting the ball at the top of the key, if it's more of a throw the ball in 16, 17 feet away from the basket and let Braun post on Jimmy Butler and he takes some type of shot there or see if he can get to the basket, that's the only one that I could agree with. Or that's the only one that I would prefer. But him passing the ball to an open Cam Reddish, that's Braun's not going to hit that shot over Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a third player coming his way. But again... I don't think the Lakers lost the game there. I think they lost the game a couple possessions before that. Um, okay, let's take a couple quick calls here, and then I'll get into um, get into some of those role players I was talking about. Jose from Fontana. Jose, what's going on, man? Thank you for calling in. Hey, sweetie, man. Good night. How you doing? First and foremost, happy belated birthday. I'm a P1. Wish you all the best in the world. Um, observation you, and a Thank question you. for you, Slee. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick, I mean, look, everything you're saying, it's true. It's right. LeBron, there's no way he's going to go over three. But Reddish in the corner, of all the all the players out there, why not have Prince? They had time for another pass. He could have easily passed it. Reddish is open for a reason. He's a, he's a what, a 14, 15% shooter on the year. So uh, we can question and second guess that. But my question to you, man, is where's Coach Ham in all of this? The guys don't seem interested in the beginning of games. The the guys say, you know, D's all about effort, right? And and where's Coach Ham? Where's his level of responsibility on all of this? Where, where, how much of that, of that blame should be his and how much of it is it's on the players itself? Because we can blame injuries all we want, but at the end of the day, his rotations are never solid. Transition D's still a, a work in progress. It has been for a year now. So where's Ham in all of this? Jose, I appreciate you calling in. Okay, first thing you said about the Cam Reddish in the corner. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, listen, if I'm the Miami Heat and I see Cam Reddish in the corner, I'm letting him shoot that three, which is probably why Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, you know, you name any other Laker that's out there, you prefer them taking it. But Miami also understands if we're going to leave a guy open, let's leave a player like Cam Reddish open in the corner and take our chances. And by the way, if Cam Reddish hits the shot, you tip your cap and you say, all right, Reddish hit the three and, and you know, you will move on. you eventually move on. So... The conversation about Darvin Ham, and this was, I think, a conversation that kind of dominated at least uh, Travis and I's show in the morning where um, Darvin Ham is calling out some of the players' effort at the end of that Orlando Magic game. So Lakers lose by 19-20, offensive rebounds, um, complete mismatch, second chance points, complete mismatch. And Darvin Ham had a couple of quotes where it was, I can't go out there and rebound for them. Rebounding is effort. And I, I like him calling out his players seven games in, six games in, if he feels like, yeah, I don't like this. Why am I going to wait? I'm just going to address it right now. And if it's an individual or it's a group of individuals and he wants to kind of get that off of his chest, cool, I'm all for that. But I think to, to go back to Jose's question of, well, how much is that on your coach? A lot of that's on your coach. And, you know, we, we were having – the Lakers didn't have the problem yesterday, thank God, but 
of the first six games, five of the first six games, Lakers were down double digits at the end of the first quarter. That means, look, we could pretend here. I could say, well, that's on the players. That's on this. That's on everybody, including your head coach. That What does that mean? Does that mean your head coach is not getting you ready for the games? Does that mean your head coach is too nonchalant and it's, hey, we'll come back. It's all good. You know, are the rotations off? But I don't, I don't think there's – and this goes with any sport. If the team's not playing on par to how they're supposed to be playing – the coaches always critiqued and criticized. And I don't think that's any different for this Lakers team so far. We're seven games in. No one's going to overreact. A couple weeks from now, we'll be a month into the season. Right now, we're two weeks in. Um, but of course, there's there's responsibility from everybody. And uh, I think the responsibility from Darvin Ham, of course there is. And, and I go back to this. If he's, if he's calling out some of his players this early on, I like that, but also it ties back to, okay, well, are you getting these guys ready? Let me take one more quick call, and then we got Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. Let's go to Al from L.A. What's going on, Al? Hey, Sri, how you doing? I'm good, brother. Thank you for calling in. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, man, um, what is it with with these Lakers and their three-point shoot? It seems like be, be, when they were another team before they get to the Lakers, these guys are, uh, are shop shooters, man. They hit 37 38%. And they get to the Lakers, and they're getting these wide-open shots from LeBron and AD, and they can't hit nothing, man. It seems like they got some kind of jinx or something. Where is uh, that guy? What's his name? Matt Ryan, when you need him. You know, I well, don't understand it. I'll say this, and thank you for uh, – appreciate you calling into the show. It's been bad, and you just got to – you got to imagine and expect it's going to get better. That's the best way that I can put it. And And listen – Gabe Vincent's eventually going to be back in the lineup, and I think he'll be an effective three-point shooter. Um, Torian Prince has got off to a, a pretty good start. D'Angelo Russell kind of back and forth a little bit. Austin Reeves got off to an awful start, at least in these last couple of games. You're seeing a little bit of a pulse. You're saying to yourself, okay, hey, maybe he's okay. Maybe he's slowly but surely coming back to being himself. But regardless, it's got to get better, and I think it will get better. And I'm not, and I'm going to say something that I said a little bit earlier. I don't want to make too many excuses for the Lakers. I really don't. But I want to see a month from now. What's this team looking like? Are they a lot different? Are they better? Are they worse? Whatever the case is, I feel like we need a a larger sample size for most of this stuff. Um, Lakers talk on ESPN LA 710 is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Rush in your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Um, They will uh, certainly take care of you. I know they take care of uh, a lot of our people in the process. Coming up next, uh, Trevor Lane, who does a great job covering the Lakers for Lakers Nation. He's going to join us. We'd love to get his thoughts. Maybe he disagrees with me on some of these points that I've had. We'll do that coming up next. And then a little bit later in the show, Dylan Brooks started. uh, He kind of already started running his mouth a little bit. Nothing too crazy, but the Lakers got the Rockets tomorrow. We know the last time Dylan Brooks faced LeBron James and the Lakers, so we'll get into that as well. Trevor Lane coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Lakers, uh, next game tomorrow, taking on the Houston Rockets. 5 p.m. tip-off. Start pregame show at 3.30. So, uh, Lakers, still two more games left on this road trip. Friday, they're in Phoenix for the start of the in-season tournament. I want to welcome in a good friend of the show, Trevor Lane. Covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation. uh, Hosts a great show there and also does the front office show on YouTube as well. Uh, Trev, thank you for the time, buddy. How are you? Alan, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'd be feeling a little better if the Lakers were above 500 right now, but we have a long way to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I, I spent some time to start off the show, and I'll just kind of get your thoughts. Are you surprised that the, the three and four start? They're 0 and four so far on the road. Um, they do listen. There are some excuses there. They, they've got some injuries. That, that part is not ideal. But I think overall, it hasn't seemed. Uh, it hasn't been a smooth process. Let's put it that way. How surprised are you that two weeks in they're sitting where they're sitting and, and just the product that you've seen so far? You know, I, I'm a little bit surprised that they are uh, you know, 0-4 on the road. You look at it, though, you've got a loss to Sacramento in overtime. You've lost by one to Miami. Like, you could be very, very, very close to winning both of those games, and obviously that changes a lot of the perspective right now. But I think what I'm most surprised by, and, a lot, and some of this can be due to, due to injury, but there haven't been, aside from the Clippers game, there haven't been a lot of real feel-good-about-this-team moments so far. Like, the wins they've gotten, they've kind of squeaked by against some teams that you thought they probably should have beat by a little bit more. Um, so there haven't been a lot of moments that we look at and say, yep, this team's got it. This is a championship-quality team. I'm not saying they have to be there right now, but I think fans are you know, getting a little bit anxious because we haven't seen this team look great so far we don't have that moment to say yep that's what this team can be we're still kind of left in the dark for now I haven't spent too much time on it in today's show but I know it's a it's a conversation that just comes up a lot um LeBron LeBron at this stage has been um he's been great to start the season uh 36 minutes a game and I think a lot of the reason why that the Lakers and I think Laker fans were so excited about this upcoming year, A, got to the Western Conference Final last season. Uh, you were bringing back a lot of the same players. But there was also the depth of being able to go 10, 11, 12 deep and, and really depend on players that you feel like are, are not in the game just because you have them on the roster, but you feel like they're going to be effective. The the plan, that was the plan, and, and the idea and the concept was – you might not have to use LeBron as much, or you could be a little bit more strategic with him. Those plus minuses when he's on the floor, when he's not on the floor, they're so insane. When when you take LeBron out, it feels like the Lakers collapse. I, I don't think the question is how sustainable is this, because I don't think it's a sustainable game plan for 82 games. But h- how do you think Darvin Ham and the Lakers balance Using Braun and also understanding that when he's not in these games, the team is completely different. Yeah, I think that it's it's hard to say exactly how they're going to balance that because we haven't really seen the healthy team. I mean, that was the whole point of the offseason was they're going to add all of these wing pieces that can pick up the slack when LeBron is out, and they've 
all been hurt. I mean, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, on and on and on we go. I mean, they, it's it's one guy after another has been uh, unavailable. And so uh, they've had to turn back and, and rely on LeBron uh, extensively in order to keep themselves in games, in order to have a chance to win games. But like you said, this is not sustainable. They have to change this. This has to get fixed, and hopefully it'll just get fixed naturally as players uh, do start to get healthy. But um, so far, man, it's, it's amazing the number of injuries we've seen in just seven games, and I think that's prevented them from playing this team anywhere close to the way that they envisioned when they put this team together over the summer. Looks like Rui is – a status report came out a little bit earlier today – Rui, who was on concussion protocol, is probable for tomorrow, so that's good news right there. The questionables, Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes, so there's your two seven-footers, are questionable for tomorrow. Um, How do you think, because it's such a long season and Anthony Davis has had his – um, you know, his fair share of injuries and, and unfortunately availability is always a question mark around AD. When he's in, nobody's questioning. I mean, there are times where you might question it, but for the most part, he's just – he is who he is. He's, he's a fantastic player in the league. H- how do you think they deal with this left abductor or adductor hip spasm? How cautious do you think they are using tomorrow's game? I think they're going to be pretty cautious with it. I mean, we already heard Darvin Ham say that with Jackson Hayes, he could have played last game if it was a you know important game for playoff implications or something like that. But because it's early in the season, they didn't want to have his ankle issue be something that would linger, and so they didn't play him. I would imagine they're going to take the same approach with Anthony Davis. As you know, worrisome as it can be if the Lakers are dropping games early, particularly with last season still fresh in our minds when they started two and ten. Uh, I think they are going to take a very cautious approach. And uh, and if they have to, bite the bullet now and then hopefully have a healthier Anthony Davis later. So I think if there's any any question, they don't want a repeat of what happened last game where they tried to bring him back out there for the second sure. half and then he couldn't go and couldn't move. I think they're going to err on the side of caution, and that may mean sitting out tomorrow's game. Trevor Lane, who covers uh, the Lakers for Lakers Nation, taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. Um, Trev, you know, one name that we haven't really talked much about so far this year because he has not been in the lineup, Jared Vanderbilt played in the first preseason game. We didn't see him the rest of the way. And I think he gets reevaluated at the end of this week. I think that timing of the two-week where they said they were going to reevaluate him. How big of a loss do you think he's been? Is it is that been underestimated or maybe not talked about enough that not having him out there, he was most likely going to be a starter. Is is that something that you feel when he does come back, he's going to have a, a pretty significant role on this team and and fill a void for the Lakers that at times is glaring, which is um, rebounding just in general. And, of course, you can never have enough defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to paint Jared Vanderbilt as this savior that's going to come in and suddenly everything is going to click and the Lakers are going to look like world beaters. But – the skill set that he does bring, I, I think it's something that, that they definitely need. I mean, they've had some issues with their perimeter defense in particular. We knew their, their backcourt with D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, not the best defensively. And Jared Vanderbilt can certainly help you there. The rebounding concerns that you mentioned, they've been giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. He's a guy that can help you out there. A lot of the, the problems that the Lakers have happen to fit uh, Jared Vanderbilt's wheelhouse, exactly what he can help with. So, I think he helps. I don't think he, he completely turns around this team and they, you know, the, the offense no longer looks clunky and the defense is locking everybody out. I don't think he makes that huge of a difference, but I think he does help 
and help in the specific ways that the Lakers need help right now. So it, it is a big deal for him to come back and uh, fingers crossed, because I think after this road trip, like you said, we're going to get a reevaluation of that left heel bursitis that he's dealing with. Hopefully Jared Vanderbilt can get back out on the floor sooner rather than later because the Lakers, they, they do need him. Yeah, and, and that's that's the part of, you know, watching these first seven games that it's so tough. First off, you should never react this or overreact this early in the season. But on top of that, because the Lakers have had so many guys out, you, you want to see, can we get a stretch of 10, 15, 20 games where the players that you really feel like are going to be a part of the roster and are going to make up that, that top 10 of that roster – can we get a stretch of games to see what that looks like? And that's why it's tough to kind of be too hard on this team just for using that as an example. But you're obviously also going to be critical on what you've already watched so far. Um, t- taking a look at some of the other players, D'Lo, Austin Reeves specifically, h- how much – and it's nice to see Austin Reeves starting to look a little bit more like himself, certainly these last couple of games – Finding the, finding ways to contribute as well, where it's not just about is he efficient, is he not efficient, is he hitting a shot, is he not hitting a shot. There's other ways to contribute, and Austin Reeves, I think, has really kind of made a, a name for himself because he has the ability to do that. Austin Reeves and D'Lo so far, what what have you thought of their games, and um, and just if you think that their game's good enough right now, or it's got it, it's got to improve. You know, I think that when we t- take a step back and look at the entirety of it and you and realize that Austin, you know, was not the guy that we saw for the first four games or whatever, people were panicking. Oh, no, Austin's not any good. He got paid and now he, now he can't hit a shot. Now, we know that, that that was just a small sample size. He'll go back to being himself eventually. And I think we're starting to see that. So I think we've essentially seen what we thought we would. It's been a little bit up and down. There's been a bit of a roller coaster effect with, with both players. And so what we need to see is both guys kind of get going and get into a rhythm offensively rather than kind of trading off in terms of who's having a good game, who's having a bad game. Uh, defensively, there's, there's obviously there's concerns there. I think they've, they've gotten picked on a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, but we knew that was going to be the case going in. I think it's just a matter of settling things down on the offensive end because they can be really good, very versatile, a lot of interchangeability between the two of them. But so far, I think the jury's still out of – on is this the Lakers backcourt of the future now no matter what even if they look great we're we're seven games in we've got a ways to go before we can make that decision but there's real discussion about whether or not the Lakers should put in more of a a three and D style two to play next to Austin or next to D'Angelo Russell and go that route maybe even with a Torian Prince or something if that is for the overall team the better path or if it's going with the the two versatile guards and Reeves and D'Lo next to each other so I think Darvin Ham has some options to play with but so far, I think Reeves and D'Lo have been overall maybe a little bit less than we thought they would be. But I think they're they're both rounding into form, and before we know it, they'll be they'll be doing just fine. Trev, um, I know on top of Lakers Nation, the front office show that you do is more NBA related. So I'm going to hit you with a couple quick NBA questions, and then we'll let you go. On sure. it, we have a one game sample size with the Clippers, but let's let's put that to the side. Um, when that trade went down. What what was your initial thoughts, and what do you think the Clippers will be in a few months once uh, they have more time to work together? Yeah, I think the Clippers can still be a, a really good team. Uh, they obviously have a lot of firepower. I think what the, the James Harden trade does is that it 
it, it lowers their floor because I think things are more combustible. There's the chance that the chemistry just isn't there, just it never clicks, and defensively they, they really run into some issues. But I think their ceiling is higher. If they can mitigate some of the problems, if Ty Lue can come up with a way to make everything work, particularly, again, the, the defensive side of the ball, then they've got so much firepower. You can have a guy that, that has a cold shooting night, and you can still be just fine. So I think the Clippers will be okay. Yeah, they lost to the Knicks the other day, but I think they're going to be a threat in the West. They're going to be among many threats in the Western Conference, and I think ultimately they will figure it out. But the floor, I think, is lower. There's a chance that this all just combusts and and winds up being a mess. And which way it's going to go, we won't know until we get uh, much later into the season. Okay, final uh, NBA question on this one. The Mavs are 6-1. and They real deal, or because that's not a team that, at, at least for me, when we're talking about the Western Conference, I didn't put them in the conversation of, hey, this is one of the top three, four, five teams in the Western Conference that you got to worry about. Are they just off to a good start, or do you think Luka, Kyrie, and some of these other players that they have can make a run? I think the Mavs are a playoff team. They chose to drop out of the playoffs last year, but they, them being 6-1, and one, that's their schedule. That that is they have a very weak strength of schedule. San Antonio, Brooklyn, Memphis, Chicago, Denver. That was their lone loss. Was they played a good team in Denver, Charlotte, and Orlando. I know Orlando just beat the Lakers. They've been better, but this is a very weak schedule to start off. That's why the Mavs look mm. so good. They haven't played very many high caliber teams, so I think they will return to earth again. I think they're a playoff team, but they're not as good as a six and one record suggests. That's a bit of a mirage because they've had such an easy schedule. Well, for Lakers losing by 19 at Orlando, I saw the highlights of Dallas winning by 15 there. I'm like, well, this is this is an unstoppable franchise compared to the way the Lakers played the Magic. Okay, I'll put that I'll put that to the side. But uh, Trev, as always, appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this, and uh, looking forward to catching up soon. All right, bud. Hey, sounds good, Alan. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Okay, when we come back, um, got some final thoughts. Dylan Brooks had something to say about the matchup coming up with LeBron James tomorrow. There's one uh, other LeBron piece that I want to add to the mix as well. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, so the Lakers got the Houston Rockets tomorrow. It's a 5 p.m. tip-off. 3.30 is going to be the pregame show. For those who do not remember... um, you know, in the offseason, there were some players that, that moved around. Dylan Brooks, who used to play for the Memphis Grizzlies, was one of those players that moved around, and he moved to Houston. So he's now on the Rockets. Got a pretty healthy contract. Four years, $86 million for Dylan Brooks. Um, if you guys remember, he was running his mouth a lot in that first round. Lakers taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, it didn't go well for Dylan Brooks. He was bad on the floor. Braun was great. Um, Lakers won the series in six. And it just uh, – I, I, I liked that. And I, I used to – I would say this when this was all going on in the playoffs. I don't mind the chirping. I like the chirping. I, I think it makes it more interesting. I think most fans, when there's a story like that, a storyline like that, it makes it more engaging. It's good entertainment. However, if you're the one running your mouth – you kind of hope you're backing it up a little bit, and Dylan Brooks didn't do a very good job of that when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. Here's Dylan Brooks earlier today about the matchup against Braun and the Lakers tomorrow. Ready to lock him up. Um, I've been shooting the ball well. I've been playing well, so I'm just there to 
uh, make them tired, uh, make them get into that you know fourth quarter early. Ready to lock them up. He's ready to go. I was. I, there's certain guys. It's like certain guys. I, I don't think it's just smart strategically to run your mouth against. I don't think it's the smartest against Braun, but he's still doing it, and uh, it should be fun tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow on the shows, and maybe Dylan Brooks can make it happen. Maybe he can't. I'll take my money on LeBron James when it comes to that situation. Speaking of Braun, oh, by the way, there was uh, one other stat here that I wanted to show. Uh, Funches had sent this to me. Lakers, um, or this was with LeBron James and Dylan Brooks. So every time... Um, in in games against Dylan Brooks, LeBron James is averaging 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and shooting 52 percent from the field. He also has a nine and two record against Dylan Brooks. I'm all for the chatter, but uh, those numbers are not exactly favoring Dylan Brooks. Now the Lakers haven't been playing great basketball, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Speaking of LeBron, Lakers this season. Plus 53 with LeBron on the court. Minus 77 with LeBron on the bench. He was supposed to be playing. StatMuse has this stat. Obviously, it was talked about 28 to 30 minutes per game this season. He's averaging 36 minutes. I was just mentioning it with Trev, and we spent a little bit of time on it. It's not sustainable. Everybody knows that. So what is the game plan then? I mean, that that's the piece of this whole thing. Is it just as simple as get those wings back? Maybe Rui's back tomorrow. Maybe in a week or two, Jared Vanderbilt's back as well. Um, you know, obviously Jackson Hayes, Anthony Davis. We'll see what happens for tomorrow. But is it as simple as that? Just they got to get these guys back, and then we'll, we can worry about LeBron and his minutes later. I hope that's the case, but that is something that obviously is always going to be a concern when it comes to LeBron in his 21st season in the NBA. Okay, that's all we got for tonight. A quick shout-out. Thank you to Michael Funches, Laura Romo, Mario Ruiz. Appreciate everybody that tuned into the show, tweeted the show, and called into the show. Uh, Laker fans, hope you guys have a great rest of your night.